Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Survival Show podcast, where it's our job to take you step by step through the mindset, skills, tactics, and gear you need to survive almost any disaster, crisis, emergency, or 2020 in general. And it's our hope that by the time we finish this program, that you will feel and be more prepared than you are right now at the beginning. Professor Gabe. Oh, man, I got my title. That's good. <laughs> Makes me feel good. And Joe. Joe hasn't been with us for a long time. Welcome, Joe, to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm back. You are back. Uh-huh. We'll see how long I'm back for. <laughs> if this show bombs, I won't be back for any much longer. All right, so today we're talking about when to bug out or when not to bug out, and that could be a problem. One of your lifelines to your friends or your family or help is your cell phone. And if you're like me, when you're running around and you're in distress, you get a little bit clumsy. Uh, and I have been known to drop my phone a time or two. So you need some extra high strength protection for your phone. And that is where juggernaut cases come in. They provide military grade case protection and hardware to keep your phone safe. And it's not just a phone case. You can attach your phone to your body right on your chest rig with a juggernaut case. You can attach your phone right here on your forearm with this handy dandy awesome attachment from juggernaut where your juggernaut case will go right there. You can also put it on your vehicle. You can put this vehicle mount on your dashboard or wherever you would like to in your vehicle, on your vehicle, or somewhere else. With a juggernaut case, it is military-grade hardware to keep your phone safe. And it will come in just perfect, just in case you have to bug out. Or if you got to go help some of your friends, or if you're going out in the field and running around with your ARs and your gear. Juggernaut cases are our sponsor for the Survival Show. Check them out at Amazon.com or at juggernautcase.com. Com. They're really boss cases. They are pretty cool. They cases. are, I believe they're used by military organizations all over the world. But first, the very first thing that we're going to do today is take a look at the news because that is going to transition us into our main topic of bugging out, when to go or when to stay. So, Professor Gabe, what's going on in the news? We were coming up with our podcast uh, news uh, headlines, and uh, Joe said, you know, pick what you want to talk about on the podcast, and, uh, you know, we'll go with it unless something big happens over the weekend. And I figured it's 2020, so probably nothing would happen anyway, so I just went with my original news, which is absolutely not true, because it's 2020, and guess what? A Supreme Court justice passed away this weekend, and that changes... A lot. A lot. A lot. Really a lot. That's super important. Super important for people who are concerned about Second Amendment rights. People who are concerned about uh, contested elections this uh, November 3rd as uh, 2000. The uh, election was actually uh, put to a Supreme Court vote and it was five to four and Bush won because of that vote with the Supreme Court back in 2000. So having Ginsburg um, pass at this critical time is actually a very relevant situation when it comes it's to relevant the election. politically i mean there's lots of ramifications for uh, the court to have one more probably conservative justice if, uh, if trump nominates one of those and the senate confirms it but like even right now on the eve of the very day that she passed away in the days following that i mean there's some instant right now sort of ramifications going on too 
There's there's gatherings and protests and on Twitter, um, some prominent some prominent progressive voices have uh, made the statements that now is the time to get radicalized. Now is the time to fight. Now is the time to to kind of yeah. They won't go, go mentioned <laughs> AOC, <laughs> but they won't be mentioned. <laughs> you know, but uh, she is you know basically saying if the Senate does something, we're not going to go with it. So that's pretty disconcerting. That's that's uh, let's step out of the laws and we're just going to do whatever we want. I just want to point out that, you know, Ginsburg made her dying wish, which we don't even we can't even confirm if she made her dying wish that the president wouldn't select her. Uh, not her successor, uh, her successor. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not even necessarily a constitutional thing to ask. So the chief justice of the United States made an unconstitutional request to say that the current president is not allowed to pick her successor. I just think that that that's fuel on the fire. Yeah, it just yeah. seems totally wrong for yep. the person who's supposed to uphold the Constitution to say, I don't want the president, the current president to pick my successor. I don't I don't think that's a good stance. I don't think it's a good sign of what was going on inside. So I think it's a good thing. Um that the Senate is pushing forward to um, place another Supreme Court justice. But my personal opinion is I think Trump's going to win this election anyway, and I think it's not going to matter whether Trump gets to choose a successor for Ginsburg this fall or if it waits till next January. I don't know that it's going to make any difference because I personally see a red wave for the fall, but that's my personal opinion. doesn't mean it's true. Dave, what do you think about... Uh, well, this or any big issue like that, adding more fuel to the fire for uh, what might start off as peaceful protests that leads to uh, maybe not so peaceful protests uh, and a a further development, a further encouraging of things that we have seen in Portland, in uh, cities in Minneapolis, uh, even in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Rochester. Like what does that do for those sorts of situations when it comes out to like our personal safety, the people living there. Yeah. This is a movie script that could, you couldn't even make it up. I mean, I watch a lot of post apocalyptic movies. I like action thrillers and this is, this is crazy. You just, you can't make this stuff up. And this is, people need to be aware. I've been thinking about this for a week or, or a couple of days too, especially uh, since she passed away, and I just thought, oh, no, this it's just, it almost seems like any danger has been elevated by that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we can transition right into that. And I the mean, big question it, is, and, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, dude, but the big question in our main topic is bugging out when to go and when to stay. I, I think that's that's huge. We need to be able to figure that out. That might be the biggest and biggest decision of your life, when to go and when to stay. So start okay. us off, man. Yeah, we can get we can dive back into the news too, but here's a couple of things to consider. Already in major cities and and even I'll give you an example. Uh some people I care about live in Richmond, Virginia, and uh not far from their house, in fact just a couple of blocks away from where they're at on what's called Monument Avenue. It has beautiful Civil War monuments that have been there for over 100 years. And they've been defaced um, terribly. And uh, this person has come to me over the last couple of weeks, who this person was a liberal at one particular point. And uh, 
is asking me now about what do I do? Because, you know, Richmond's not even, it's not Chicago or New York City or Portland and or Seattle. And we haven't heard about Richmond. Like, how many cities have we not heard about where this is going Where this on? is going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a friend from Virginia Beach, same sort of situation. I hadn't heard anything about Virginia Beach, but she said somebody just got shot within the last couple of weeks. And they hear gunshots at night in Virginia Beach. Right. So how many different cities like what you're talking about in Richmond or, or and other, like, those aren't huge, huge cities. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's closer than what we think. It is. So... Our conversation, even in this past week before Justice Ginsburg passed away, was, hey, the election's coming up on the 3rd. Here's my recommendation for you. And we'll get back into when to bug out, when to not bug out. Because I think up until this time, we had this idea that bugging out was like, hey, I'm going to throw like 50 or 60 pounds of gear in a bag and I'm going to put it on my back, and I'm going to go live in the woods. That kind of fantasy it's, scenario. Yeah, it's a fantasy scenario. Yeah. It is. Especially when most people, they really are not even fit enough to carry 15% of their weight, maybe even 10% of their weight for any distance, right? So that let's just set that aside. That's not what bugging out is. But we've started to see this thin veil of civility be torn where... People are fearful, they're angry, they're locked up because of COVID, they lost their jobs, they don't have anything to do, whatever it is, whatever's stirring all this up, I'm not going to get into that, but it's caused us to look at things a little bit differently. People that I would have said, hey, you know, stay until, typically what we would have said in the survival community is, you don't want to leave your stuff behind, you don't want to leave unless it's absolutely necessary. But this person in Richmond, and this is this is before the passing of, of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. What I said was, hey, November 3rd, go vote early. Right. Right? Because Richmond. election day. Yeah, right. it's election day. Go vote early. Have your vehicle packed up. Go out to the country. It's only 45 minutes an hour away. Stay with a friend overnight and just see what happens. Yeah, I think that's smart. I think it's really smart because you can vote in the morning and then you can be prepared in case people don't like the election results. And uh, I think that's a really smart suggestion. I I, I hate to be incendiary or uh, chicken little, but my goodness, this this point, this election does seem to be the implications do seem to be very, very high. And I don't necessarily want to talk about the political uh, ramifications one way or the other, but both sides are just amped up to 11, and Mm -hmm. very, very few people seem to be able to connect and cross over to be able to have conversations with one another. Um, So it just, it does seem to be pretty dangerous. At least what we are seeing, uh, even whether it's on broadcast news or whether it's on social media news or whether it's even in print, it just... Everything is amped up so high, and I don't think the media has done us very many favors either, but golly, this is bugging out is something, in the broad sense, it's it's a possibility. Just like what you shared, just get out of the town, get out of the city for a day or a long weekend just to check to see how things are going and what's going to happen. I think that that's pretty smart advice. Now, where we live, we live in a, a rural area. I mean, we have a a bit of insulation around here. It's a very conservative area. I mean, I would love to. I would love to say, hey, people that are like-minded, that are patriots, that that love this country, 
you know, stand up. But we're just at such such a point. We've already seen things like that go wrong. Um, so I, that's my recommendation. If you live in an urban area where there is any threat that something might happen due to the election, just get out of town for a day. Work remotely. We're all used to working remotely now if you have to work. And um, pack things up. Make, make sure that you have enough fuel to get where you want to go. Um, always make sure that you have a, your vehicle filled up with fuel. Make sure that you have some extra fuel. Put stabilize in it because your fuel will not keep for more than a year if you don't do that. And, uh, you know, always have a bug out bag ready to go. Okay, so that's coming like like that weekend of November 3rd. Just take some precautions. You want to be yep. a little bit ahead of the wave. You do. Big question, though, and let's speak more broadly. Um, I'm a dad with three kids. Um, Gabe, I, I think you've got a couple, too. Um, you know, sort of my particular situation, living out in a more rural area, I have a good idea what I'm going to do. But But for everybody that's listening out there, when is a good time to stay? When's a good time to shelter in place and, and not bug out? Because there's got to be some considerations about uh, weighing those out, but whether I stay or whether I go. So what might be some things that would lead you to stay at home and, and shelter there? Well, I'll throw in an opinion, and uh, then we'll, we'll pass it to Dave. But personally, myself, you know, I have my wife, I have my kids. I'm living in a rural area, and it's definitely safer for us to stay you know, unless civil unrest comes to your door, you know, in my opinion, it would be safer to stay as long as possible and only leave if your personal safety is actually uh, a question. You know, until, you know, a rioter comes to your door, it seems like the safest place is your home, where you have heat, where you have your things, where you have your necessities, food, whatever. So that's my opinion, but we'll pass it off to Dave for that more, you know, more yeah. survival guy question. No, that, well, that's really good, Gabe. That's that's the practical answer when it comes right down to it. You you don't want to be bugging out and do it in any kind of a random fashion. You need to know where you're going to go, how you're going to get there. You should have a plan beforehand. So if you have any concerns about your family's safety right now, whether you live in a rural area or a suburban area or right in the heart of a city where, like, 95 goes right through and past Richmond, and when 95 gets backed up, you need to have a plan to get out of the city. You need alternate routes. It could take you four times longer to get where you need to go because then you're weaving up through the mountains and everything else, so you need more gas, right? So you need to have a plan. If you don't know where you're going, I'll give you a for instance. When all this COVID stuff happened, I have a friend that lives outside of Dallas. He said, well, if things get really bad, I'll just come to your place. No. <laughs> no, 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 don't come here. No. here. Yeah. First of all, this particular friend is not very skilled. Second of all, he has a family that is fairly large, and it would be difficult to get them all together and get what they need in a vehicle. They would possibly not be safe, and it's a very long journey. It's a very long trip from Dallas to, you know, where we're at. So really it gets down to if you're in imminent, imminent danger, right, and that's where the bug out bag comes in because situations can change. You can feel like you're safe and then all of a sudden people start burning your block down. I mean, this is this is crazy talk a year ago and it's not crazy talk today, right? Right. That's a big thing. I, I'm agreeing with you, just emphasizing how profound that, that point is. 
So go tell us about, tell us about that bug out. But you said that's where the bug out bag comes in. Also, maybe uh, we hadn't talked about talking about this, but I'm sure a lot of people work a nine to five or a second shift or even third shift. You might have to have a get home bag to get to your bug out bag. Right. Right. Or, or a get home bag to be able to shelter in place there. So um, help us out. Help us out. Let's say I'm at work and all of a sudden, unexpectedly, two or three blocks away, something happens. Protest, riot, danger. What should I do? And how should I do it? Dave, right on the... Tell me, tell me what to do, man. I'm at work. Yeah, you're at work, man. I mean, you need to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And everybody around you needs to get out of there. I mean, it, it's talk. It's tough to talk about the general situations, really. Right. But you want to have a get home bag, a simple get home bag. You want to have, you know, various items in there. You want to have cash. You want to have gas. You want to have uh, some supplies if you have to take out on foot. So we're per- talking about like a trunk or something. Yeah, 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 like a trunk. Uh, something for personal safety, a firearm. You want to have water. Um, you know it. it your get home bag really depends on how far you are from your home where mm-hmm. you travel. Like for instance, my everyday carry is is just fine if I'm within, you know, a half hour of my right. home. But the further I go away, the more items that I pack, right? So, yeah, you want to be able to get home, you want to have a plan with your family. I mean, these are all things that we we really didn't have to think about until now. Right. I mean, it was what, almost a fun reason to buy more gear. At least it was for me. It was, oh, yeah. I, I need to get home back. I need to put together a kit for my car. I get to buy more stuff. This is awesome because I love gear. But then all of a sudden, oh, my goodness, I might actually need to use this. Yeah. Right. And it was easy to get your wife to buy in, right? Because yeah. it was personal safety and security items, right? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> it's a whole lot easier now. My wife and I have had more conversations about firearms, guns, and safety, and first aid kits, and and food, and canned goods, and all of those different sorts of things because of what has happened. My wife actually just went on a weekend trip by herself. She got about 10 minutes away, gave me a call, and said, um... I don't have my pistol. Should I come back and get it? I got that message late. She never waited for my response, and she came and got it. So she went to where she was going armed, where she would have never done that before. Uh-huh. Um, it's just really real now. Okay, let me just say this. We have opportunities to be preemptive. Like, there's several situations that are going on even in our country now. We've got all the wildfires that are still in various areas out west, right? So those people out there know that they may need to to evacuate. I had a friend in the last couple of days that texted me just out of the blue. He's about an hour outside of Portland on a farm. And he said it was basically basically like, whew, wow, the fires were coming right at our place. They The wind turned, and now they're moving in a different direction. Uh, you know, we're really blessed. Some of our friends lost everything. Mm-hmm. And he was ready to go. You know, it's it's kind of like if you can anticipate the issue, then you're ahead of the curve. Because there's certain situations. Let's just say that that something major happens in a city. It's just not a block in a city, but the whole city goes crazy, or something. Like you don't you don't know what's going to happen. You if there's any way that you can anticipate these things, and 
then you're a little bit ahead of the curve. For instance, you know, like election election day. Right. Uh, just to make a point, too, as a guy who, at the beginning of COVID, you and I had lots of conversations. I came to you and I asked you lots of different things as I was preparing for COVID. I was this far ahead of the curve. We talked about it. I was riding the wave. I tell you what, when you're riding the wave, it gets a whole lot more expensive to ride the it wave does. than yep, if you're ahead does. of the curve altogether. Yep. So we've got a month and a half right now before something that could be explosive. If you start riding that wave way ahead of time, get ahead of that curve, I would say. I think everybody should have a plan. They yeah. really need to have a plan. They need to have a communication plan, a safety and security plan. They need to be getting with their neighbors and people that they care about. Um, you know, like, for instance, every guy on, on our team here, I mean, we're all on team. Like, we're going we're gonna to rally if we need to rally. We're going to take care of each other if we need to take care of each other. Spider-Wolf is who I'm calling first. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know who Spider-Wolf is someday, but he is our secret weapon. And the he, spider wolf. He just left the room. Oh, no. <laughs> He'll hear it. So everybody needs to have a plan, right? Um, so if you're going to, you'd want to stay home if you can. Right. Because as soon as you leave your home, there's inherent vulnerabilities to that. Does your community and neighborhood have an impact? Your neighbors, how well that community is? Uh, put together, does that have an impact on your decision as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody should be talking with their neighbors right now. Like, who's on team? You know, who who's staying? Who's going? What's going on? Are you like-minded? Do you want to protect each other's property? Do you like your community the way it is? You know, you need to be on team because the bottom line is if you get 20 protesters that are coming down your street with torches and then 100 people come out of their homes... Right. And, you know, just stand their ground. You know, are, are, are we willing to do that now? I think in a podcast not too long ago, Craig said, there comes a point where you just have to decide what's important to you. Mm -hmm. Is your home important to you? Is your community important to you? Um, some people, it's not even going to be practical to bug out. They may have elderly people. They may have children. They may not, you know, be able to transport. They may not have a place to... There's a lot of people that don't have a... Where are they going to go? Right. Right? I mean, even... Even with a month before the elections, where are people going to go? Mm -hmm. So you just need to make decisions. What am I going to do? You know, but if you've got to get out of there to save your life, you're just going to go with the clothes on your back? Are you going to grab a bag? I mean, it'd be best to grab a bag with some supplies and, right. have, and have that somewhere. Have, have that ready. Yep. Tell us about rules of threes when it comes to that to help us make a decision. Um, because that when we put together a framework to be able to in a chaotic situation when everything is crazy and everything is dangerous and we were like, what do I do? How does having that framework of the rules of threes help us to be able to make intelligent and informed decisions to keep us and our family safe? OK, so the the rule of threes is it's basically the priorities of survival. Is that what you're yep, that's what referring I was to? About OK, so there's. That's where safety and survival come, safety and security comes in first. Because the bottom line is, and these are just general guidelines, you're, you can't live, you can't stay alive for more than three minutes without blood and air. Okay, so that's number one. So you don't want to have holes in you, and right. you, you got to keep breathing. It's the bottom line. And then beyond that, three minutes, you've got to have some 
or three hours, uh, hypothermia, shelter, you know, some sort of shelter if it's raining, whatever. But safety and security comes down to the, that first set of threes, uh, blood flow and oxygen in your body. Now, that might just sound to you out there, what in the world does that have to do with a bug out situation? But if you've got people that are pounding on your door or in your neighborhood with guns, sticks, Molotov uh, cocktails, whatever. Molotov cocktails, uh, two-by-fours with, with nails poking out of them, those things will put holes that, in you. That's a life-threatening situation. Right. Yeah, and you need to get out of there. You need to, you need to hide, uh, you know, run, hide, fight, right? Right. So you want to run to safety. You want to hide if possible. And last case, you want to fight. Hey, Gabe, this is something maybe you can speak to as uh, well, we're all dads. When it comes down to run, hide, fight, um, I think that in our minds, we want to be the hero and we want to fight. Something I have thought about quite a bit is I've got three little people and, and somebody and my wife who I love dearly fighting for me would be just a last case sort of a scenario. I mean, as a dad, as a husband, what do you think about run, hide? What, what do you want to be able to do first in that situation? I think that my mindset is, you know, when I'm in a city, I, I think about what situations might happen, you know, and I think when you're mentally prepared for it, like if you're in an, an instantaneous situation with a mugger who comes at you in the city, yeah, what's, yep. what are you going to do? Cause you're almost past the run stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so if you're walking down the street and on occasion when I'm walking down the street, I might think, okay, what would I do right now? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, comes down to what Craig says, you know, speed, violence of action, those kinds of things where you might do something fast that totally takes surprise, them, speed, and violence of action. Right, which totally yeah. takes them off guard, in which case now you've got enough time to take your kids and your wife and you go. Yep. You know, so it doesn't mean you have to stay and finish the fight because you might lose it if you stay. Right. <laughs> you know, but if you can do something that sets your opponent off balance and then run. To so, buy you time. Yeah. yeah, so you might buy time. So in my mind, I would consider the situations while I'm in it, mm-hmm. you know, and try to think about what could happen in the next hour while I'm here. You know, I mean, even just over the weekend, my wife and I were out celebrating our anniversary. Congratulations. Which was, which was awesome. So that's nine years for us, which is cool, um, which seems impossible, but wow. it's pretty cool. Anyway, you know, we were having our... Uh, our anniversary, which was partly out hiking and partly in a more liberal town, you know, and you just, you can't help but think about it when there's Black Lives Matter Did signs. you have your MAGA hat on? I did not have my MAGA hat on, <laughs> but mainly because my wife and I were trying there to have a, a quiet, you know, pleasant vacation. So, <laughs> but it was in the van. It was in the van. And I've got my Trump sticker on the back of the, right. of the van. So that draws attention too, but I'm pretty proud of that. I love driving through. Uh, liberal states with my bumper sticker. I think it's a lot of fun. But, um, you know, just walking around the city and having BLM signs in businesses, you know, it made me think. It's like, you know, what am I going to do? And so, yeah, to me, it's like situational awareness. It's thinking ahead. You know, if you're home, do you have a plan in place? If you're in the city, do you have a plan in place? Also, you know, let's say you have the situation of, you know, you're at work. 
Well, let's say your problem isn't rioters, but your problem is wildfires, which are currently happening around here. You know, you want your get home bag in your car, but you also want your wife to have the bug out bag in the van because she might call you and say, I got to leave right now. So going home is not really an option. So you need to be able to meet somewhere, have your plan in place because she had to bug out. (laughs) You know, so if you're in a fire, fire risk area, you know, you might want your car prepped for your wife and then you've got some things that you need too at your business. Um, But you might need, you know, more than one bag. Dave. Dave. Yeah, that's, that's really good, Gabe. Speak to the vehicle, speak to a car because that's what you're going to need to know. Cause how many of us have an invisible Wonder Woman plane in the garage, right? Or, right. or a Batmobile or a Bat Cycle or an APC or like what maybe a lot the- of us have. <laughs> maybe. I'm not I'm not I'm not speaking for the other guys at the table, but I do not. <laughs> so dude, speak to the, the bug out vehicle a little bit. Yeah, so the bottom line is that you're probably if you need to flee your home, you're gonna do it in a vehicle for a couple of reasons. One, you don't have to carry the stuff on your back, which is in your own sp- vehicle. In right? your own vehicle, right? So Plus, you're surrounded by, there's a barrier between you and people outside. Mm-hmm. So it's, it does offer a measure of safety. The issue is with a vehicle, if you're in a major city and traffic's backed up, now you're sitting still. Now you're incredibly vulnerable. So that gets back to trying to be ride that wave and be a little bit ahead of the curve, be thinking, thinking ahead. But... There are other considerations too. I mean, you want to be, you need to have a communication plan. And I, that's what you made me think of, Gabe. What is, what is the plan? Just knowing what the plan is at all times, texting back and forth if things seem like they're going bad or talking in the morning like, hey, the wildfires are, you know, 10 miles away. What if this happens? I may just have to leave. Where are we going to meet up? What if the communication grid goes down? Where do we rally? Yeah, if the tower gets burned, which yeah. could happen. Yep. So setting up rally points, considering shelter, water, power, heat, communication, food, safety, and security, having a, where are you going to go? You know, reducing your vulnerabilities and uh, making sure that you have uh, some strengths is going to be really important. So as far as a bug out vehicle, what did you want to hit on there? Well, I was just going to say, all right, so you've already got your M249 squad automatic weapon mounted, right? And your Ruger <laughs> Redhawk on both hips and your Katana on your back. So you've got those, but what are some more unsexy sorts of things that we need to be able to prepare our bug out vehicle? They might be red, hollow, and carry gallons of things in them. We had this conversation earlier about... Well, you want to have fuel, yeah. right? Because you just don't know what's going to happen. So extra fuel, you want to make sure that your vehicle is always topped off. Again, you need to know where you're going. And what I would recommend, if you're going to go to a friend's house and wait out the, the election, if you have, you've got relatives within two hours, I would just recommend take a Saturday or Sunday drive. Do the drive. Do the worst case scenario hey, I can't hit any major roads. I'm going to have to go around this mountain and this hill and down through this valley and do the drive. We're so unused to having maps. You need to have a a map of the country, a map of your region in your vehicle at all times, in your bug out bag at all times. Uh, Compass, you're not, just don't depend on your GPS. It's referred to often as death by GPS. How many of us got off on the exit that we weren't supposed to go off. Or I've had marital arguments by GPS before, but never death. So I mean, that's a precursor foreshadowing, I suppose. I've done lots of 
musical touring and we've had our bus taken over some very bad roads because of following the GPS that we never should have followed in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, yes, GPS can take you wrong. Yeah. Shortest route, but it's not a good route. So did you guys have a map in the vehicle? Yes. And did it save you? Uh, it has saved us on occasion. <laughs> Let's just say when we consult, we learned to consult the map first, find out where the major roads were, and then follow the GPS if we could see that it wasn't deviating from good roads. Yep. Make sure your spare tire fits your car. You just go ahead, man. Go ahead. You add to it. I mean, it's just practical things. Just practical. Spare tire, couple extra quarts of oil, antifreeze, water. Not just water for you, but hey, water to throw in your radiator if you need to. Um, some wrenches, some tools, a trucker's tool, blankets. These are the basic things that are going to come in handy, whether you're bugging out or whether you're not bugging out. Maybe you're taking a trip to Aunt Harriet's house eight hours away, and then all of a sudden, oh, spare, uh, my, my tire blew. I've had this situation actually happen. We had uh, purchased a vehicle. We actually bought it used, but it was pretty nice. And... Um, not too much later after that, my wife had a flat tire. She pulled over in a gas station. She said, hey, can you come on over and put the spare on? I was just a little ways away. I came over. And guess what? The spare tire did not fit the lugs mm. on uh, on the vehicle. And I thought we were prepared and ready. I never double-checked it. So if you've never pulled out your spare tire, make sure it fits. Just the, the basics. Sit down. And just think if you're going to uh, take a trip somewhere, you were talking about keeping your gas uh, top, gas tank topped off. Keep your oil good, too. Take good care of your stuff. Air filters. Just basic things that you would be able to do that you don't have to take it to a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Just be ready to go. It's good stuff, man. Yeah. So you want to just maybe consolidate this, and we can kind of go down through the list. And for you guys that do have the tiny survival guide, Mm-hmm. We are tapping into section C in the guide where it is stay at home and that's prepping or sheltering in place, right? Or bugging out. So we often talk about prepping. You want to talk about prepping a yeah, little bit? Yeah, let's talk about prepping. So it's basically a term that we've used. There's this whole genre of, of preppers, right? You know, 14 years of food and enough ammo for you know, World War Three, but it's really just a term that prepares you to be able to stay where you're at and provide safety, security, resources for your family to wait out issues. Like maybe a, maybe a good issue to, to say prepping would work for would be a grid down event, right? Mm-hmm. You're maybe not in an imminent threat of people, you know, coming and trying to take your home, but uh, COVID would be another one. I think I think COVID made a lot of people who would not otherwise be preppers into preppers. preppers right. Uh, I, I think that there probably has been a big cultural shift the same way that there are five million plus new uh, firearm owners. I yes. think there's probably about yes. 10 million new preppers. Who have least. lots of toilet paper in oh, their basement. Now. Absolutely. <laughs> lots of TP, flour, uh, yeast, milk, frozen, canned goods, you name it, we got it. But what's going to be the next thing uh, that comes up short? So I didn't mean to interrupt, man, but. Well, you you actually that. bring up a good point because right now it actually seems like things have kind of mellowed out a little bit. The supply chain seems to be functioning better. 
we're going to the stores and you can buy milk. There, there's meat on the shelves. Now is the time to be preparing for what could happen throughout the rest of this year and in the next year. Because, I mean, we've... 2020. Hashtag 2020. So now is a really good time to be stocking up. Those things that you ran out of, the supply chain things, even, you know, personal protective gear and... You and know Band-Aids. I, yeah, Band-Aids. I stockpiled kids' cold medicine like you wouldn't believe. Ibuprofen, uh, acetaminophen, um, just those sorts of things that you would run down to the uh, CBS or Rite Aid and, and pick up. Then I thought, gosh, what would happen if I didn't have these sorts of things? So, man, mm-hmm. I got more Alka-Seltzer than you can shake a stick <laughs> at. But those are things to be thinking about, right? They are things to be thinking about, yeah. If you don't mind, I'm going to throw something out for the vehicle. What vehicle to use? I would vote anything bigger than a car that you could fold down the back seat and sleep in. That's not a bad thing. you've already got shelter that way. Mm-hmm. So whatever that's worth, that's, that's my vote. That's a great idea. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've all walked through COVID now. We all know what happens in the situation. Before that, we didn't, we really didn't. No, right? right? I mean, we theorized about things. We laughed about toilet paper not being available. And sure enough, for whatever reasons, you know, there's toilet paper goes. It's important to people. <laughs> you know, my children learned um, some, uh, some, some wild, not, not wild plant edibles identification, but they, I, I taught them what uh, skunk cabbage looks like now too so that's like the perfect nature's teepee to be able to get some skunk cabbage nice. as long as it's summer yeah as long <laughs> as it's summer it turns into sandpaper in the wintertime so I think the bottom line is right now is a good time to prepare mm-hmm. set yourself up with the things that you know don't think that we're th- you know everything's going to ease off at this particular point uh, preparing can be expensive making sure that that you have water, like for for instance, where we live, water is a little bit of an issue because we have a 300-foot deep well, and it takes power to get the water up from there. Dry summer. Dry summer, mm-hmm. yes. Neighbors' wells are, you know, going dry. And it's it, don't know where you're at, but it has been dry around here. So, you know, water becomes really, really important. Uh, we're going into fall and winter now. So heat's going to be very, very important. Communication, something people don't really think about because we're so used to our cell phones now. So how are we going to communicate with each other? Um, I know for our particular situation, I invested in this last... Here, Here's what COVID did for me. I thought I was pretty well prepared, but it exposed weaknesses. Ah, yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So think now, I want people just to think, what were those exposed weaknesses that you can take care of now that you thought of during the whole COVID panic buy that you need to plug those holes? So for us, there were some power issues because if I don't have power, I don't have water. So I have a backup to a backup power supply. I invested in some solar power things that hopefully I'll be doing some how-to videos for the channel on that. Um, communication. I invested in a a very portable shortwave radio and and antenna and things like that so that you know I could communicate. We've got 
behind me the Jackery Explorer 1500 and uh, 300, three 100 watt panels and a shortwave radio receiver that's, that's solar powered. Communication becomes really important. Imagine, imagine going through something like COVID or something like a civil disrupt, you know, disruptions, and we don't have Netflix. Oh. What would people have done then? Or we didn't have any means through our phones, through TV, to get information. Well, what happens now? So I think we should be thinking about those things. Our power grid is much more vulnerable than than we ever anticipate that it you know we can't can't imagine how vulnerable we are for electricity and and our communication grid it really is it's hackable and you see those wires coming into your house those wires can be taken down anywhere downline and all of a sudden everything that you have that you depend on that depends on electricity it's gone If anything that COVID and political unrest and wildfires have done, and all of the other things too, is it has exposed the fragility of tame civilization. Mm -hmm. I think it got a little bit more real and a little bit more wild recently in 2020. And and I'm hoping and praying that 2021 will, will be able to be a little bit more civilized rather than going in the other direction. Well, we're definitely going to see how strong we are as a people if we can come together as a community, a, a national community, and resolve our differences. There's no doubt that there's legitimate concerns on all sides. Can we get, come together and listen and talk to each other? I always recommend, let's just turn off social media Amen. and have eye-to-eye contact conversations across the table. Go out and buy somebody who disagrees with you a cup of coffee and just sit down and, and say, you know, when you see a, a back the blue sign, how does that make you feel and why? When you see a Black Lives Matters sign, how does that make you feel? How do you feel about the Constitution? You know, what is, what is, um, what are your major concerns now? And let's just have conversations, you know? And I would just recommend to people too, in these times that we uh, get some input from the other side. It's really interesting when you sit down with somebody who is coming from, I'll give you a for instance, there's somebody in our church who um, when we gather in the church building, uh, we have masks on. And we got into a conversation about, I, I guess I was leaning more towards um Masks don't help that much. But this person, she works in a elderly facility. And so she had a perspective of elderly folks getting sick and masks are helpful and all of that. And we discussed that. And it, it just gave me a more of a perspective from somebody who has a differing point of view. Let me tell you about the same exact situation, but not somebody communicating to be a peacemaker. Same thing at our church. Somebody came in with a mask and then somebody said something like, oh, you don't need that. It's going to be bad for you. It immediately put the other person on their guard, Mm -hmm. hurt them to an extent, and it created division rather than creating peace. I really do think um, 
as much as I would fantasize to be a hero and, and to be a rugged individualist, and that's kind of a cool thing to be able to say, I'm going to be able to provide for my family in a dangerous situation. And if we're honest with ourselves, I think some of us men like to think about that. But how much greater to not put your family in danger or your nation in danger and rather than looking forward to some sort of great divorce or civil war or civil unrest where we get to use all the gear that we've saved up for, really, when it gets right down to it, and if we can strive to be that peacemaker, I think that that would be an even better thing. And you just described having conversations with people. And it doesn't work all the time. But I think that it works more than what you would think just to be civil and decent to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would really long for that. So you want to just go down maybe and to to kind of wrap up this idea of when to go and when to stay. We'll just kind of go down through the outline here. Yeah. So stay at home unless danger is imminent and your current situation forces you to leave. Do you guys think that that's reasonable? Yeah. Do you I think you so. should be forced to leave your home? I would I would basically wait till I was forced. I mean, unless you know, obviously you if you have any way to predict that the mob is coming toward your house, like obviously you would want to leave a mile before they got there, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I would say wait till you're forced because your house is, it's just your safest place as far mm-hmm. as having the things you need. And that's where your stuff is too. You don't want your stuff wrecked. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yep. We, we built our lives there. Yep. Uh, 20 years we've been there. I don't want that wrecked, but our lives are more important than that stuff, too. You can replace the stuff. You can't replace your lives or your children's lives or your wife's life. We need to be thinking about these questions now and and going through the scenarios in our mind. Always stay at home unless you have insufficient skill and resources to preserve life, liberty, and property at home. Okay? Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. If If you don't have the ability to, to stand your ground... If you don't have community support, if you're in a really vulnerable location, uh, you need to be thinking about an exit plan. And there, there's plenty of people in that situation, right? Yeah, well, there's like 400,000 people in New York City who are considering leaving, <laughs> you know, for exactly those reasons. Right. They're thinking of leaving the city permanently. So uh, there's lots of people thinking, yeah, let's go where it's safe. That is interesting because the paradigm there is if you've ever been to New York City, you basically can't get on and off the island without crossing a bridge. Quick story. I have a friend who is very influential in the city. He is uh, he's a special forces veteran, and he really doesn't fear anything. However, it, there was a particular time during COVID where it was advantageous and important for him to get himself and his family, his young kids and his wife, off of the island. He had a plan. He had a place an hour, hour and a half away, and that's where he went, and he stayed right up until August. So even though he had sufficient skill and resources, it became eminently clear to him that he needed to get out of there at some particular point, and he had a plan, okay? The other thing is you want to stay at home unless you are directed to evacuate by authorities, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hurricane season, right? Right. We're hearing a lot about hurricanes in Louisiana and down south in Texas and Florida and all that. We've got wildfires. We've got hurricanes. We've got civil unrest. You know, 
there's a lot of things to be thinking through as far as bugging out or staying home here. And then you need to make a plan, all right? And consider shelter. Where am I going to go? Is the place that I'm staying, is it going to be sufficiently safe? Again, water, water, water. Power, make sure you have some sort of alternative power. If you're in a city, you probably can't have a generator. I mean, if you turn a generator on in your apartment or on the on the balcony of your of your condo. I checked that out. I did some I did some research. You aren't going to be able to turn that generator on in your basement, in your garage or inside because you will be amazed at how much exhaust comes out yeah, of there. Carbon so monoxide. you're going to you're going to have electricity, but you're all going to go to the big sleep. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you don't want to do that. But if you have it on your your the porch of your condo or the deck of your yeah. of your townhouse or something, everybody's going to hear it, right? Yeah, they will. Yeah, though the Honda Whisper Quiets, those are pretty quiet. So you might be able to get away with them. Flip those on. are pretty expensive. <laughs> but I would love them. Hey, it's yeah. an option. It is an option. It is an option. Well, at least having some battery backup. And I, I hate to just mention the Jackery because there's a lot of alternatives. Um, even just being able to power your cell phone so that you can communicate. Because if, if the power goes down, at least have a battery brick or two. Absolutely. So that you can at least keep communication going, have some flashlights, those sorts of things. Maybe we could put a couple of links to a couple of ones that we would recommend in the show notes if we've got sure. those. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, security. You need to be thinking about security. And Craig and I have been going through a series on safety and security. Go back to the last, uh, what was that, podcast 70? Are we on 71 now? Yeah. Yeah, go back to podcast 70 where we start talking about uh, criminal mindset, personal safety and security. You need to be thinking about that. Our resources, knowledge, and skills. I recommend to people, everybody should have some sort of a superpower. What's your superpower? Scrounging. Scrounging? That, that, is, that is, I'm... I am, leadership? Yep. Uh, some sort of uh, military training, uh, communications. Uh, are, you, are you... Can you do accounting? Is there something... Is there some skill that you can offer a group to help... Uh, Fill a gap, make that group more because you want to be productive to your group. You You don't want to be dead weight to your group at all, right? Like if you got a if you got a squad, have your superpower. Yep. What's your MOS? Yep. And also, if you don't have a plan, at least get a three day emergency plan together. Work, keep working that plan. Get some canned goods every time you go shopping. You know, grab a number number ten can. Grab some Mm -hmm. corn. Grab a a bag of beans and rice, right? those sorts of things. Just continue to develop your supplies and uh, your disaster survival plan. Well, one of the things here is we've been talking lots and lots of details, too, and this is good, but the basics of this, you can probably find that in the Tiny Survival Guide, right, man? Yeah, Tiny Survival Guide. It's all right there. I'm actually just going down through the, the outline here. Home defense and security. Yep. Yep. Your needs are going to increase over time. If we do have a general societal collapse, even for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you need to, your safety and security needs are going to increase. So that's where you want to get together with other like-minded people and develop that plan. And then uh, bug out only when danger is imminent and your current situation leaves you no other choice. You guys agree with that? Agreed. Yep. Cool. Especially with your family. Just yep. think through that through. Like, I, I can have the fantasies about being Rambo, but like I said, I got three little people and another not-so-little people to, 
that I love very much, and I want to keep them free from holes too. Yep. And if you're going to bug out, you do need to make sure that you have sufficient skill. You need to make sure you have a sufficient plan and the resources to get to where you're going. All right, so at 285 pounds, I can pick stuff up, but I ain't going to run very far. Right. Right. So something that I can be doing is going for regular walks, uh, starting to do some jogging. That's a really good idea. I would yep. hate uh, to put my family in jeopardy because I'm just simply out of shape. Right. And I bet you there's some other people out there who might not be in the greatest shape too. So uh, eat a little bit better, take some walks, get that heart rate up, practice that a little bit too. I don't look like I weigh 285, but I do. Did I just say wow? (laughs) You don't look. You wear well. Sculpted, and you have your black ultimate survival tip shirt. I do. It's slimming. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we leave on out of here, guys, why don't we go through and just each pick one or two action steps that we think would be important, even for ourselves, that we can share for folks, so they have something moving forward this week they can do productive to be more prepared. Here's one for me. Um, build community, know your neighbors, put together a plan. Uh, it is big to just know who's living around you and um, start building some relationships with them. That'd be my big thing. Gabe? I, I would say, you know, figure out how to have water. If you're going to lose electricity at your house, find out how you can have water. I would say make sure you've got power and that you can hook that power up to your water pump. You know, just stuff like that, because you could be in wildfire territory right now and your electrical grid might already be down or might be down in a week from now. So I'd say figure out your power situation. That's good, Gabe. And I'm going to go back to something that Joe said earlier when he came up with a really nice list of things you should have in your car all the time. So just go through an inventory. Think about if you had to get out of a bad situation, what things would you need in your vehicle? And... You know, that was water, it was fuel, it was... A uh, couple of extra quarts of oil, even an oil filter. Yep. Spare tire, make sure you know that that fits, too. Yep, I'd like, if you are in the market for a vehicle, Gabe, you've had a really great idea. Get something that's bigger than a car, something like a van that you could actually sleep in if you had to. Really, really good stuff, guys. So, you anything else before we go on out of here? I'm good to go. Dave, take us home. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. I just want to thank our YouTube audience again for joining us. You guys seem to be liking what we're doing here, so we're going to keep it up. Let us know your thoughts. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts, let us know. Give us a a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Don't forget about our sponsors. That's how we pay the bills around here. Juggernaut Cases. We did mention Jackery. Uh, They've been a sponsor in the past. And Tiny Survival Guide, whenever you guys pick up Tiny Survival Guides, that keeps uh, Gabe, keeps him busy. Helps him to provide for his family. (laughs) But no, seriously, Tiny Survival Guide has just about everything we talked about today. So, everybody, I guess that's it. Nothing else, guys? All right. So you know the drill. Keep it simple, stay positive, and be sharp. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) 